So it's John 10, verse 11 to 18, and that's on page 1017 of the Church Blue Bible. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Uh, social media. Social media is a... Uh, oh, many, well, oh, <laughs> some of us have strong opinions about social media. Um, many of us are probably on some so social media platform. Um, social media is a, a great way, of, obviously, of connecting with people. Also gives us an insight sometimes when we go on someone's account about... Gives us an impression about that person, doesn't it? Uh, this is uh, the Instagram symbol. Instagram's probably my favorite social media platform. Um, it's, a, it's a very much a visual medium, so you, sh you share pictures and videos, um, and that, that's very much my kind of thing. Um, and I thought today we'd maybe just look at a few social media accounts just to sort of see what kind of impression we get um, from people. So our first one, hopefully you can kind of squint and read this. Uh, we've got Justin, Archbishop Justin Welby. And in the middle there, it's got his name, and then it's got a little bio. Now, when you have a social media account, you have the opportunity to write a few words about yourself so that when people go on it, they can suss out who you are. Uh, so Justin says, follower of Jesus, 105th Archbishop of Canterbury, serving the Church of England and worldwide Anglican Communion. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, he, he says this in his bio. He says, I'm that actor in some of the movies you liked and some you didn't. Sometimes I'm in pretty good shape. Hey, you've got to live, you know. I love that. He seems like a good guy, Tom Hanks. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Elton John simply goes for the rocket man. Fair enough. Uh, one of my favorites, personal favorites, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the man. Uh, and he says this. <laughs> He says this, he says, former Mr. Olympia, Conan, Terminator and Governor of California, I killed the predator. I told you I'd be back. <laughs> I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's just oozing charisma. Um, I thought I'd look around and see if there was anyone from church who had a, an interesting Instagram <laughs> bio, and I've just looked at him, and he knows what's coming, because I'd warned him. We're going to look at someone's, and you know, the, but the bio, I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to let you 
read it for yourselves. But remember, the bio kind of gives you an insight into what that person's like. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Andrew Price. It gives a deep insight into the person. So, in our reading today, Jesus, he said, I am the good shepherd. And in many ways, that statement is like a little bio. It gives us an insight into who he is and what he's about. And today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look into that passage, explore who Jesus is and what that means for us. I'm just going to pray. Yeah, Lord, we ask that your spirit would be here in this room. And Lord, as we look at your word, that you would bring it to life in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the shepherd. The shepherd is one of the oldest jobs in existence. Um, it's been something that's been happening for a very, very long time. Um, and importantly, throughout the whole time that scripture was written, people would have known and understood what the shepherd does and the role of the shepherd. And so God takes, and Jesus here takes a picture of a shepherd, takes something that's very familiar and helps us to understand a little bit more about Jesus, about God, and about who he is and his nature. I, uh, I asked some of our young people um, what they thought of when I, I said the word shepherd. And I had some interesting answers. Uh, probably my favorite was um, shepherd's pie. Um, very good. Uh, and there are many shepherd references within the Bible. Um, and I'm sure many of us know quite a few. Um, the parable of the lost sheep was one that um, I imagine some of you might have thought of and one of our young people did. Uh, I would hazard a guess, though, that Psalm 23 was probably the one that comes into mind. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. And we will look at that a bit later. Firstly, I want, want us to revisit the passage that we read, or we heard read. So if you've got your Bibles um, still open, uh, it's John 10. But I want to go from verse 7 this time to try and help get a bit more of the context. And I think the, the verses just before are really important to our reading today. So the context of the chapter um, is Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, the Jews, and um, like many times up to this point in, in John's gospel, he's having these interactions. They're more like disagreements with the Jews. And they often either end up with them having a, a split opinion on who he is or they're picking up stones because they want to stone him because they think he's blaspheming. And so we have another example of, of what is essentially a bit of a debate going on. And Jesus has started to use um, a picture to explain something. And he's, he's talking about the sheep pen and how strangers have come, come into the sheep pen and they try and lead the sheep away. And so we're going to go from verse 7. It says this, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes, to, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and have it to the full. Just want to stop there. I googled that. I googled, googled John 10:10 and put it on the image search, and you get all these different images because. I like to call this verse, this is one of the verses from the Bible that I would reference as a, a fridge magnet verse. You know, when I was a kid, it would be the sort of thing that I would have seen my mum put on the fridge. Because um, it's, it's a great verse, it's a verse full of hope and promise. And nowadays, instead of a fridge magnet, some, some of our young people might refer it to as a, a meme verse. And if you don't know what a meme is, you can ask one of our young people later. Um, but yeah, I think this is really important. Jesus is saying that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I think that this verse really connects with our reading today. So let's go on. Chapter, uh, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So let's just stop there. I am the good shepherd. He's not saying I am a shepherd. He's not saying I'm one of the good shepherds, he's saying, I am the good shepherd. He's saying, I'm different. I'm different. And one of the main ways in which he is different is that he lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus is saying here, I'm not a hired hand. I'm a good shepherd. When the wolf comes, I will not abandon you. That's another way that the good shepherd is different. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep know me. The amazing thing about the Good Shepherd is that we can get to know him. He's not distant. He's close. We can know him. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So another key thing about the Good Shepherd is that his intention is to care for a flock, that care for sheep that are beyond his flock. And that verse is, is referencing people who are not Jews, which is probably many of us today who are here. 17. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life not only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. What I think is interesting there is, although Jesus has been commanded to lay down his life, actually Jesus says, I lay it down of my own accord. Obedience for Jesus was his decision. And actually, I wonder today whether for us, when we choose, are we choosing to obey God or are we doing it out of a sense of duty? You know, the good shepherd, he chooses to lay down his life. And importantly, he, he also has the authority to take it up again. You know, the good shepherd knows that death is not the end. And that ties us back to verse 10. The good shepherd lays down his life knowing that death is not the end because he intends 
for us as the flock to have life and have life in all its fullness. The good shepherd, and Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. He was willing to do what no one would or could do, and he was the saviour of the flock. Through his death on the cross, which we've looked at over Easter, very familiar, I don't know. through his death on the cross, he broke the curse of sin. And when he rose again from the grave, he broke the power of death. And in doing so, we are covered in the righteousness of Christ. We are adopted into his family. We are adopted into his flock. I want to emphasize there is a strong connection between the good shepherd and having life to the full. The only way to having life in all its fullness is to be led by the good shepherd. So let's turn to uh, Psalm 23. I don't know if we can read that. Hopefully we can. Psalm 23 is the most renowned of all the Psalms. Written by David. He was the greatest king that Israel ever had. Um, But he began his journey to the throne as a shepherd's boy. I'm sure we know that very well. Um, And as he plied his trade in the fields... He learnt something. He learnt something about the nature and the character of God. Because God is our shepherd. So what I'd like to do, if we can read this together. Um, now, it's, it's a very familiar, very, very familiar passage. So as we read it, let's um, just try and imagine it as if we're reading it for the first time. And allow God to speak to you through perhaps a word or a phrase. Um, So let's read this together. I'll start. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk Through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The uh, version that I sort of was familiar with when I was younger started with, uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, that's probably the one that we're all familiar with. But I remember when I was younger thinking, I shall not want. I shall not want what? To me, it always felt like an unfinished sentence. Um, but obviously, as I, when I grew up a bit and, and looked at it for myself, I realised actually um, it doesn't just, it, it means something more than that. You know, the, in our reading today, it talks about lacking nothing. Um, the New Living Translation says, I have all that I need. The message says, I don't need a thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I don't need a thing. 
Those kind of words, to me, sound like the kind of person who is living life to the full. I lack nothing. I don't need a thing. That's a life in abundance. So today, I want to pick out um, five different things that the shepherd does that are kind of inspired from Psalm 23. I searched through different translations and found different words um, that, that describe what the, uh, the, good, or the, the shepherd does. And the first one that um, I, I came across um, from the Amplified Bible, it says that the shepherd feeds. So the good shepherd feeds the flock. You know, we eat food. We need food to live. Our very lives depend on it. When I was younger, at mealtimes, we'd always say grace. I don't know how often nowadays people do that. I wonder if it's the sort of thing that might be going out of fashion. But when we say grace, we say we give thanks. We acknowledge where our meal has come from. In the Old Testament, one of God's names is, and I'm sure many of us know this, is Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. How it can be so easy in, in, our day, in this day and age to think, oh, I've earned my money, I've earned my wage, and I've gone shopping, I've, I've put the food on the table, and forget, actually, it's God who provides, it's God who feeds us. How many of us know that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, and we say, give us today our daily bread, that we're also praying for God not just to provide physical food, but for spiritual sustenance also. There's a spiritual nourishment that we need from God. In John chapter 6, just a few chapters earlier from our reading today, Jesus says this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Jesus satisfies a spiritual hunger. Our next one. The good shepherd guides the flocks, the flock, or he leads us. When I was uh, younger and I was at school, I used to play cricket for my school. Um, it's, one of the, it's the only sport I represented my school. Um, and uh, there was one particular cricket match which I will never ever forget. Um, now, I was a bowler. I was a, as a batsman, I was completely useless. Uh, I used to bat at number 11, so that was that. And I used to pray that I wouldn't bat. Um, thankfully, we were pretty good, so sometimes I didn't. Um, but I was a bowler. So there was one particular game. I think we were playing archbishops. and I, I went to Boys Langton. And um, my brother... So I've got an older brother, he's about 11 years older than me. He also went to the same school as me, also played cricket for the school, and he, he loves cricket, and he would often come and watch me play. And um, this particular game, it wasn't going that well. I bowled a couple of overs, and if you don't know what an over is, that's six deliveries. And not much was happening, and my brother would wait. So in between the overs, I would go and um, have to field at the boundary rope. And that's where my brother would wait, and he was watching. And uh, after I'd done a couple of overs, nothing was really happening. And he said to me, he said, Dan, next time you bowl, do a faster run-up and try and bowl it a bit quicker. And so that's exactly what I did. Next time I had a chance, 
I went in quicker, bowled it faster. And out of the six deliveries in that over, I got an amazing four wickets. Um, and obviously, I, it's, that's why I remember it, because it was a pretty amazing <laughs> moment. You know. I have to say, it never happened again. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And I didn't realize what I was doing wrong. I didn't know I needed guidance or advice. But my brother was there, and he was watching, and he was there ready to, to help me, to guide me. And I believe that's, that's a really good picture of actually how God is with us. You know, he's there waiting for us. He's ready to guide us, to give us advice. Um, in the Psalms, in Psalm 119, David says that his word is a lamp to our feet. The Bible is there to guide us. In James, at the start, it says, if, if anyone lacks wisdom, he need only ask for it. Like my brother waiting on the boundary rope, God is there waiting to guide and to lead and to help. The next one, um, the good shepherd protects the flock. Some translations, it says shield the flock. When I was thinking about this point, I had the picture of David as a shepherd's boy. You know, when he's talking to Saul and he tells him about how, you know, when the, when the lion came, when the bear came, you know, how he would take them out, how he would kill them. I just, that always blows my mind how a shepherd boy could do that. In terms of protection and of shielding, actually, we can often think, oh, it's a very much a defensive thing. But actually, our God is the one who goes and fights for us. There's a moment in the story of, of Moses and, and where God is trying to lead his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and there's a particular point where he instructs Moses. He says, be still. And he says, I will fight for you. And we have a God who fights for us. In our passage today, we, we saw that he won't abandon us. He won't leave us to the wolf, but he stands with us. The next thing the good shepherd does is that he comforts the flock. You know, we probably know well that the, the Holy Spirit is described as a comforter. And we said, didn't we, though I walk through the darkest valley, you are with me. In another psalm, it says this, in Psalm 139, verse 7, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Your right hand shall hold me. I love the fact that our God, no matter where we find ourselves, he's there holding our hand. He's with us, there to comfort, there to console us. And finally, my final point of what the Good Shepherd does is, I've just put them all there today, so he renews, refreshes, and restores the flock. He renews, refreshes, and restores. And every day, I imagine when we kind of look on the TV, watch the news, you know, it feels like this world is becoming increasingly broken. You know, stress levels seem to be rising daily. And we're looking... And we're in need for, for God's shalom, for his wholeness, for his peace. 
We can only find that in God. I was drawn, when I was thinking about this point, to Isaiah 61, a very familiar prophecy that Jesus himself reads. And um, I just wanted to read part of that to help us kind of understand how our God is the one who renews, refreshes, and restores. So Isaiah 61, it says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And that's Jesus, and it's also us. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will receive your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. I wonder if you notice there's a word that keeps being repeated in that passage. And it's instead. Instead. God takes the things that we think are, are bad, that are tough, our pain, our shortcomings, our failures, and our God is the one who heaps blessing upon blessing upon those things. Instead, instead of ashes, the oil of joy, or a beauty, crown of beauty, the oil of joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. Instead of shame, we get a double portion Blessing upon blessing. You know, David, at the end of his psalm, he, he talks about how his cup overflows. You know, David experienced that life to the full, that life of abundance, a life of blessing, because he allowed the Lord to be his shepherd, the good shepherd, to guide him. I don't know about you, but personally, I don't want to be someone who's just going to settle for just living. Settle just for the ordinary. Especially knowing that Jesus is there waiting and intending to bless my life with something more. He's there ready to bless us. David also says, surely your goodness and love, and another translation says mercy, surely your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. His blessings want to pursue us. In closing, just want to reflect. So Jesus, yeah, we've got the good shepherd. So he feeds, he guides, he protects, comforts. He renews, refreshes, and restores. I don't know about you, but I want the good shepherd in my life. Because he is there to offer life to the full. When he says the good shepherd, Jesus is offering an insight into who he is and what he has come to do. Because of his great love for us, that we may have life. Uh, he, sorry. Christ died that we may have life, and life to the full. The Good Shepherd is there to help us experience a life of abundance. I don't know about you, but what might be stopping the abundance in our lives? Perhaps we've 
place parameters on Jesus that might restrict him from shepherding us and leading us. Perhaps we're choosing to listen to other voices over God's. Maybe the good shepherd is too low down on our list of priorities. Are we humble enough to trust in the good shepherd today? Are we willing to daily put our lives in the hands of the good shepherd? The one who was willing to lay down his life so that we might have life to the full. Jesus, Lord, we are so thankful that we have not been abandoned, but that we have you. We have the good shepherd leading us and guiding us there to protect, to renew, to refresh and restore. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, we're sorry for the moments where we don't listen to your voice and don't accept your guidance. Lord, help us to be a people who are open to you, open to your leading. In Jesus' name, amen.